0: I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Got two commitments to talk about, uh, six podcasts in six days. Running on a little bit of steam here, but it's all right. We love doing this. Uh, first Speak commitment, for yourself. Uh, yeah, no, you know, it, is, it is the weekend. Uh, it's, it's fun talking to you guys, though, talking to Rich. Um, the first commitment we kind of alluded to, this is a kid, uh, saved Claudges, who... We originally kind of were talking about coming in as a receiver, but it sounds like he's actually coming in as more of an athlete. And we also thought he was going to come in as a 24 kid. And it turns out he's uh, moving things up a little bit. So tell us a little bit about him as a player and how this whole thing came together.
1: Yes, yeah, so Sage Klogis is a Morgantown, West Virginia native. Uh, most of the kids that are Morgantown, West Virginia guys are probably going to stay down there, but they didn't offer for some reason. Um, I don't know why. I find that a little interesting. So whatever, he did his thing in high school. Decided to do a prep year up at St. Thomas Moore, which uh, Rutgers has built a pretty good relationship with over the past couple of years. years. Um, he went up there, I want to say, a couple months ago, actually, at this point, and then all of a sudden started adding offer after aff- offer after offer after offer. Came to our rivals camp, looked pretty good at receiver, but he's going to come in as an athlete. Um, so, Rutgers, in terms of recruiting wise, he didn't have anything big. Then Penn State offered, I want to say, in January. Then Syracuse offered because they just follow every other program pretty much. <laughs> but I, I hate to say it, but like Syracuse literally just offers whoever Rutgers offers, whoever Penn State offers, whoever uh, Boston College offers. Syracuse is right there, right behind them. Um, so then Iowa offered recently, relatively recently. He went on a visit there for an unofficial back in March, and they were set, dead set to host him this weekend as a twenty twenty four kid, and he was ready to go. Thursday night hits. Rutgers offers all of a sudden, or maybe it was Wednesday night, whatever day um, Rutgers offers. And it's like, yeah, do you really want to go look at corn for the next four years? Or do you, <laughs> do you, you want to stay home where the better corn is? Um not really home. I, guess, I should say, but New Jersey definitely has better corn. I'm not going to yeah. uh, debate that one. Um, canceled Iowa now visiting Rutgers immediately. And we kind of hinted it was going to happen. And now he's a commitment. Now, six four one eighty four athlete. He came to Rutgers Chop Elite Camp, or whatever the hell they call it, Elite Something Camp. A couple weeks ago, ran a 4540, five forty. looked really good in camp. Now, he's coming in as an athlete. I'm told he's actually going to start out on the defensive side of the ball, although hmm. almost everyone has him rated as a uh, uh, wide receiver, which, whatever. Top seven. He's number seven in the state of Connecticut for the 2023 class since uh, we – Fixed all that nonsense between him reclassing and not reclassing. Um in terms of scholarship wise, it's not the craziest thing in the world because if you look at the scholarship chart, there's not many safeties at all. Um to start with. Uh you have Dixon, Loyal, Igwinosen, Elijah Wan Mac, and uh who am I missing? I'm missing someone. Oh, Zion Williams, uh, who ended up red so he'll be safety number six. He kind of fits that strong safety mold of like Igbonosen and Dixon. He's kind of red shirt year one, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but to get him on campus like this is huge. Like you I thought he was a 2024 commit up until one o'clock when he committed, and I found out and got the info and I was like, Is it rolling now? Like, geez, that's it's huge. Um, had he stayed at the prep school, he probably would have blew up a little bit more because he did have a couple power five offers already. Um, but this this was huge for Rutgers to just get him and not not only get him, but get him enrolled pretty much within the next two weeks, three weeks, whenever they uh, start heading the campus. But big win by Rutgers will start out at safety. Safety, probably, if I had to guess, six, four, you're not playing corner at six, four, 184. Um Could he grow yeah. into a linebacker potentially or he sticks with that Dixon, Ignosen linebacker hybrid safety type role? So. Great gap for Rockers and uh, there's there's no way around that one.
0: Yeah. So talk talk us through a little bit about how he decided to move into the 23 class instead of wait until 24 because it seemed <laughs> pretty dead set about 24 until you know he committed and then he was 23.
1: So staff talked to him on his official visit this weekend. Um, basically, he was already eligible technically because he was already a high school senior. He did this four years at uh, I don't know what town uh, what high school it was. I forget. But he was, like I said, Morgantown, West Virginia native. Uh, went down there for high school, finished up his high school, and then was like, hey, I'm going to go prep because I don't really have many offers. And it happens a lot with these kids. They go prep and they blow up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so instead of going to prep, I mean, technically he was at prep, if you want to be um, yeah, yeah. technical about it. But he went to prep with uh, Ernest Anderson, who's a great coach, has produced tons and tons of talent up there. And um, here we are um, a couple days late, not even a couple days later, like a day later, and basically they talked him into it, and he's joining the uh, program this summer. Like I said, he's probably a redshirt, but I don't want to say definitely a redshirt because this happened last year late with Dario uh, Jabome. Jabone. Jabone? I I forgot. Jabone. Jabone. Uh, And he came to campus late um played in all 12 games and mostly on special teams and maybe sage could do that too it's not unheard of um and like like Jabom, he was potentially a linebacker too at 6'4 184 already so um huge huge addition you get him on campus early and we'll see what he can do over the next couple of years
0: yeah, big time commitment. Um, like we said, he's coming in as an athlete, so you could probably play defensive back or receiver. The staff's gonna see the best position for him in camp. Most likely gonna be a, a kid who redshirts this year. So you get him in, get him acclimated to being a college student, get him acclimated to the program, and by the time he's a red shirt freshman, he uh he might actually be ready to play versus the time, you know, if he would have went to college or went to high school for one more season and kind of uh not developed a whole lot. Um
1: in terms yeah, you of, know. Uh,
0: college readiness.
1: You're not kidding. Um, great, like, nothing really else to be said other than great addition and uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. I haven't heard that, uh, that town in quite some time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever been there, but Morgantown is a good time. Boy, yeah. um, but the second commitment we had today, uh, this is a a, a, a teammate of a, a commitment from the class of 2024 in Sam Piloff. It's uh, offensive tackle Carter Cordeaux. Now, this is a kid who primarily played tight end in high school until mm-hmm. recently. Um, he's a huge bodied kid. I think he's like six seven. I, I don't know his exact weight, but I know he's been putting on a lot of weight. He's very athletic. I heard the staff really liked him. Tell us a little bit about Carter Cadeau and uh, what you're hearing about his recruitment in general and how it ended up in a Rutgers commitment.
1: Yeah, so he came to the Big Man Academy yesterday, which was also the 7-on-7 seven seven camp. Um, they do it at the same time. Uh, it is tough. For, I want to say, like, just not just me, but just like any recruiting analyst or any like writer in general, because big man Academy's in the stadium, then there's seven on seven games at the practice field, there's seven, seven games at uh what's it called the intramural fields, and there's seven on seven games at the Livingston campus behind the rack, and I'm like, bouncing around, bouncing around, bouncing around, but I did get to see the big man academy for a little bit. And, uh, I was looking and I was like, who the hell is that kid? Holy shit. <laughs> Six seven, like two sixty I think he weighed in it was six seven, two sixty six, I think it was when it was official. And like uh, he, he just stands out among the group, and I'm like, damn, look at that guy. Holy shit. Like Big <laughs> um, Boy. Yeah, I'm like, and someone's like, Yeah, he's a tight end. I was like, t- t- fucking tight end. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a tight end, he'd be playing over at the seven on seven camp. He's not a tight end. He's over at the big man academy. Um they worked him out, flats did all every drill possible with him um he paid his own way to get out to get out here to come to the camp and come work out in front of the staff which is interesting to me because based on everything we were told is basically he was uh an offer from indiana he went there for an official visit last weekend and it sounded like he was indiana bound and then ruckers found out about him got him out there um like i said he paid his own way to go to go out there and they ended up landing them pretty quickly. That was simple as that. And they beat out Indiana and I see Indiana, like everyone's like, Oh, Indiana. Like, uh, yeah, another bottom tier, like big 10 school. Like, no, this Indiana team has arguably just as good an offensive line coach and Bob Bostad in uh Bostad in uh who's a former Shiano guy too, mind you. And one of the, honestly, if you talk about offensive line coaches, he's probably up there with one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. So, the fact that he beat them out is huge and he's a converted tight end, so he still has to learn. But if you watch him, he bends really well, he blocks really well, he's mean as fuck. Like I'll tell you right <laughs> now, like the, the kid is just like got a nasty mean streak in him. And if they can uh, just pack on the pounds on him, he could be a pretty good lineman down the line. It's gonna take some time, but um, give him two, three years and we'll see what he is.
0: And that's something that's so important about You know, we've talked about in basketball, you know, defense is so much just like effort related. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the same thing for offense and defensive line. you Mm -hmm. have to really just be like a mean son of a bitch. Like you just have to want to just dominate your opponent. If you don't have that, there's plenty of guys who are super athletic, super bendy, that just don't really have that mean streak in them. And they're just never going to work out. So to have that mean streak is, it's kind of a prerequisite to be a good lineman. So it's good to hear that he has that. Um, I guess the staff really liked what they saw when they worked him out. You, you said that mm-hmm. Flats was, was a big fan of his.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, Flats, uh, Coach Vallone, who's the unofficial, unofficial like line coach, second in command for the most part, I guess. Um, and I, I think of it like this: worst comes to worst. After talking to people, is he'll be a blocking tight end in the future, and that's the yeah. worst case scenario, which. Isn't a worst case scenario because they use those blocking tight ends quite a bit. You've seen Reggie yep. Sutton do it early on in his career. You saw Kier Price do it a year ago. Um, Cam Stewart did it a, a year ago too. Like it's not unheard of. So I mean, maybe he's not the perfect tackle in the world at the end of the day. But if he doesn't develop that that much, you just put him at blocking tight end and just let him let him go, let him loose, pretty much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so he'll he'll definitely get used. He's probably another red shirt <laughs> candidate, though, just because yeah. he is converting from tight end. So give him a couple of years. I mean, what what offensive line out of high school isn't a red shirt candidate? To be honest with you, um, even a guy like Anthony Davis sat out, you know, the first half of his freshman season. So, yeah. um, is there anything else about Carter before we talk about just how the camp went in general?
1: Um, no, I mean, I talked to him. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the article already. He talks about um, just going to camp. Um, talks about talking to Sam about Ruckers and kind of helped a little bit to get him there. But um yeah, no, just that's pretty much it. Just a really good get. Good size. And uh not many people at 6'7", 266 can bend like that. So I mean that's always a, an impressive trait when it comes to linemen. And he he has that bend. So we'll see. I mean, maybe he does turn into a pretty good one after all.
0: Yeah, no, just stay tuned because uh it sounds like this is a kid the staff really liked and, and was kind of uh Ian for a couple weeks now, and they made an offer this weekend when he was on campus, and they locked up the commitment pretty quick. Which has been a common thread of this uh, this class is targeting guys and quickly getting commitments, which is always mm-hmm. ideal. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want yeah. to uh, have an offer out there for a kid who's a little bit under the radar or a kid you're uh, just getting on campus and not not lock them in.
1: Yeah, you um, can.
0: so let's just talk about how the camp went in general. So you were there yesterday. Uh, it was a seven on seven, right?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Okay, so it was a bit of nasty weather, but it sounds like you got to see mm-hmm. a lot of kids out there. Who were some some standout performers from the 7-on-7? Seven seven?
1: Yeah, I mean, weather up and down, but um, people still showed up and uh, competed, which uh, which is always nice to see. I know I mentioned in the last one, um, not many Jersey kids are about competing, but this one had the top-tier guys uh, up and down. I think Dominic Toy, who's not really a Rutgers target anymore because they're filled at tight end, but he looked phenomenal. He caught one game-winning touchdown over uh, both Jalen McLean, Ohio State commit, and KJ McLean, his younger brother, who has multiple Power Five offers already too, um, for a game winner. And that was that was a hell of a haul. Um, I think they started out four and zero. Obviously, they didn't win the thing, but they heck of a day for him. And I, I was actually super impressed by him. Uh, I would, if I was Rockers personally, I'd find room for him. But it sounds like they're they're kind of just they're done at tight end. So it is what it is. Um, uh, Jalen McLean was there. I don't want to say the word hounded by the the Rutgers coaching staff, but like anytime, <laughs> anytime he was free, he had someone next to him in his ear. Um, whether that be Harris Simiak, whether that be Mark Orphy, um, anyone, honestly. And there were so many coaches just watching him uh, play. I still am in the minority. I don't think he's Ohio state. Good. Um, but I mean, Rutgers is still. It's one of those kids that Rutgers will push until the very end. Do they have two safeties already? Probably in uh, Noah Shaw, who safety slash linebacker, whatever you want to call him, uh, and Dakar Giller, Gilly. Yes, but it's a Jersey kid. It's one of the better Jersey kids. I know we have him ranked at twelfth, and I think that's about right. Like I, I know that's crazy because everyone's like twelve, Ohio State. Like what, what's not adding up? And uh, just he's not six foot. Like it says six foot there, and I am like, I don't know if he's really six foot. But uh, not a bad kid. His younger brother is going to be so much better than him, in my opinion. Um, he's already taller, stockier. Um, he already has several offers. Uh, twenty twenty six kid. So, mind you, um, down the line. But I think he's got Penn State, Rutgers, Syracuse already. If I am looking at this correct. Uh, really good prospect. Uh, I think he's West Virginia as well. Uh, but yeah, no, really good kid. Really good one on one coverage too, as a man guy, man to man guy. Um, E Hall's got a couple kids and you always have to keep an eye on them because basically if you're a power five kid and you're at E Hall, it sounds like mm. you're almost, you're almost guaranteed to go to Rutgers at this point. I don't want to say yeah. it's, it's yeah. a lock per se, but E Hall has got a great relationship with Rutgers. And I know Danny Lambert, their head coach is very big on relationships. And that's a big reason why if you're power five, good, you're going to Rutgers. If you're not power five, good, you're going to Bowling green and, They've sent like four kids, three, four kids to Bowling Green over the past couple of years. He's all about relationships, relationships, and when they build that relationship, that's all that really matters to him. So, uh, but they have Ellis Robinson, who's a cornerback that Orphy was all over at the camp. Loved his play. I, I was watching, watching him, watch him. Um, it was just a really good lockdown corner. 2020, 2025 kid. Keep an eye on him. He has no offers yet, but I think Rutgers is going to offer pretty soon. There's
0: another Ellis Robinson. This is different from the Georgia kid. Yeah. It's not, it's not him. Um,
1: that was Ellis Robinson, the fourth or some shit. Um, but he was at Christ the King or I don't know. And then he went to IMG and
0: now he's committed to Georgia.
1: Yeah. Different kid. Um, this kid's an E haul kid. He's he's just really good. And then they have Lyric Samuel, who um, I'm trying to figure out if he's related to Curtis Samuel or not. I haven't heard word back. I probably should ask that this weekend, but that's that's on, <laughs> that's on me. Yeah, but, and
0: the reason obviously you think that's <laughs> Curtis Samuel is an E Hall former E Hall kid. Exactly. I think he was the first uh, first guy they had drafted, or at least drafted highly in their program yeah. uh, history.
1: Yeah, so uh, he he's a tall, lengthy kid. Like I'm talking, every bit of six four, six five. Like he's skinny. He's probably about like I want to say they they have him listed one eighty five, and I'm like that ain't it. It's it's like yeah. one sixty five maybe. Um, but he was looking good, and then like a couple like a couple plays after, he was just like miserable. Like he looked like he just didn't want to be out there. And I was like, what if I went after Danny and like I was like, hey, like. I love that kid. I think his potential is like through the roof, but like, what's with the like, what's with him being like "Eh, blah and like hating everything? And like, it's just like his mojo's off. He's like, hold on. I was like, oh, God, no. What are we doing? And then (laughs) KJ Stroud walks over, and KJ Stroud, mind you, former Rutgers receivers, their wide receivers coach, he's like, what do you think Rich just said about Lyric? And I was like, come on. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> and he's like i knew i shouldn't have walked away from you too and i knew you two were trouble and i'm like oh yeah thanks i appreciate that <laughs> um so i said it to him and i was like, he goes i i knew for word for word you were going to say that because i i yelled at him for it on the field i was like i saw that's that's mm-hmm. kind of why i said it for the most part um and he goes hold on and brings lyric over and i'm like god damn it I'm like what danny like he goes Tell him what you just said to me. I was like, no, no. He goes, no. He's not going to take offense to it. And I was like, when he hasn't talked to me in two years, I swear to God, I'm going through you. <laughs> I'm going to be yelling at you. And uh I, I told the kid. I was like, honestly, end of the day, like, you like, not having your mojos off, but like, you just seem like you don't want to be here. Like, you seem like you're bored. You seem like, blah, like, fuck this, fuck that. Like, you seem just down in dumps, but like, you're you want me to be honest with you? You're probably you have the potential to be the best player on the field. Like, get a mm-hmm. little like. Like when you're lining up, actually line up. Don't go like, "Mm, like, I'm lining up. Like, no, like, get hyped. Like, get ready to go and run the route, catch the ball over the DB. These guys haven't offered you yet. Like, I'll I'll be honest with you, Rutgers hasn't offered you yet. You have a couple good ones, don't get me wrong Michigan State, Penn State, Syracuse, but Rutgers hasn't offered you yet. And they're evaluating everything. Like, they're not just evaluating your skill set, they're evaluating like your talent, your, like, just how, how your stature is on the field and stuff. And like how you like are a good teammate. Shit. you not the next game. The man goes and scores three touchdowns and <laughs> like is jumping over people. And I'm like, wow, holy shit. And I'm sitting there with, with Fonseca, and I, I told him the story too. And he's like, you just changed that kid's life. And I was like, yep, that's me. Um, Life changer over here.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, so Richie is the uh, the fire burning inside Lyric Samuel's belly now. Um, yeah,
1: I, I was waiting for him to run over to me with the ball and just be like, "I fucking told you." Oh like, my oh, god! I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm sorry. Don't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, now he he had a hell of a camp. Um, I think he Rutgers has a good shot at him as long as they offer um, the Ellis kid I was telling you about before. Uh, Jalen McClain was there. Yassin Willis was there, but although <laughs> consensus is he's still going elsewhere. Um, he was rocking Rucker's gloves though, which I mean, if you want to overlook it's it or bad thing, overthink and be like, Oh, he's wearing gloves. Like Corey Duff was wearing Miami gloves last week. Guess where Corey Duff's not going. Miami. <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, a little preview there. It sounds like he might be next, but, uh, yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much it the camp was good a lot of a lot of good kids um there's a kid named terrence johnson that really impressed me for my owner prep he's a little slow but he's a legit like six one six foot uh cornerback he had a pick six against bayonne um anthony davis was there for a little bit uh he's like the unofficial official staff member he's not like part of the staff but he's there like every single day of the week whether it be training camp Actual like seven on seven camp or whatever. He just he's just there. Um, (laughs) All the coaches were out and about. They were very prominent. They made themselves known. Uh, John Perry was there, back on staff again. Former Houston wide receiver, Houston Texans wide receiver coach. Then went to Sam Houston State OC after a year at Rutgers, and now back on the banks. Um, ton of ton of good coaches. New York New York continues to impress me. I know a lot of people don't talk about New York, but 2025 in New York is going to have a lot of good kids, a lot of Power Five kids, in my opinion. I know there's probably like 12 right now in 2024. Mm -hmm. I think 2025 could surpass that.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: They just have a ton of talent. Like it's, and it's kids that like to compete. Like I keep saying it. Like Jersey kids just don't care. Um, but if you get New York kids to start competing like that, like that way, like it's insane. So. We'll see and it's spread out a little bit it's not just e-hall i know everyone says e-hall produces a ton and they do they have like hell three to four to five kids every year that go to g5 or better but uh iona prep starting to produce more i know west new york's getting a little better tauntonville has another running back that's pretty good um so it is spread out a little bit but overall like great camp that was one of the better camps i've seen this spring and uh, i'm very impressed that Rutgers was able to get some big names on campus along with Some nice uh, youngsters, up-and-comers on campus as well.
0: Nice. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty awesome camp. Uh, Good turnout, even though the weather wasn't great. Some good competition. Uh, Richie uh, inspiring the youth. So glad to hear all these things. Um, The one last thing I wanted to mention, and and something we haven't even talked about yet, sounds like Mm. a a transfer portal candidate who I haven't heard any connection with Rutgers yet, but he's a New Jersey guy. Ithiel Horton. He was previously at Pitt. Uh, he went to UCF. Uh, well, I guess he started at Delaware, went to Pitt for three years, and played last year at UCF. Uh, he's a kid from Roselle Catholic. Mm-hmm. Just entered the portal today. He's a guy who averaged uh, 12.3 points per game last year. He uh, shot 35% from three on almost seven attempts a game. He shot 83% from the line. Uh, averaged. Three rebounds a game, or four rebounds a game, two assists a game, one and a half steals a game. Uh, he's a six-five, or 6'3", 200 hundred pound shooting guard. I mean, it fits kind of exactly what Rutgers needs. He's a New Jersey kid. Who knows what he's looking for, but uh, that's another name to be aware of in the portal. Uh, he started all thirty-four games last year for UCF, um, so it's a name to, to file away.
1: Definitely interesting because. Based on simple mathematics, and I'm saying simple because I didn't do the math, I'm assuming he played with Cliff at Roselle. Yes, he did. Fair enough. Um, Dave Boff is a pretty big fan of Rutgers. Good guy. Nice guy. I know he um, supports the in-state schools. No longer at Roselle, obviously, but he's now at the College Achieve Something Academy, blah, 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 at Asbury, which also is now has top prospects. Coincidence? Yep. uh Well, I don't think so. I think he's a great coach. And he's going guys to get guys to follow him, whatever. Yep. Um, ACC, pit connections to technically Brandon Knight, blah, blah, blah. You could talk about those, but his numbers are pretty good. Um I th- I'm assuming he probably got hurt in 2021-22 because he only played 13 games.
0: Yeah, uh, it seems like it.
1: He's averaging 30 minutes before that. So really good three point percentage. Um, And when I say really good, it's, it tailed off this past season. But before that he was averaging like 37% from three, a little higher than that. Actually, if you factor in his uh, Delaware numbers too, shot almost 41% from three with Delaware. Thing dropped down to thirty seven and thirty, almost thirty eight with Pitt in twenty twenty one, twenty two. But a really good kid. Like it seems like his numbers are actually pretty solid. I would yep. take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um. I don't know what his games like. I didn't watch tape. I know he just entered. I don't know, like ten minutes ago, twenty minutes ago, <laughs> maybe a little longer than that. But
0: it was a few hours ago. But yeah, today, this afternoon.
1: Yeah. I. This is the first I've heard of him. So you're you're catching me off off guard a little bit, but. Um, I'll have to check him out and see if he fits, but uh, I mean, everything kind of lines up ACC uh, high major at UCF and AC and a uh, pit uh, transfer. He's actually considered a playmaking wing according to this uh, account. So fits everything they need, everything they want and Jersey kids. So I wouldn't be shocked one year guy. And that's, that's kind of all you need to fill in until, until uh, you can get those other guys in here with, with uh, ACE and, dorch and maybe dylan
0: yeah and to be clear his his ucf <clears throat> profile does list him as at six five 200 but his college uh, college uh basketball reference lists him at six three so let's just split it he's probably around mm. six four if I had to guess uh so good size he's a scorer uh he's got he's decently efficient he's got a pretty good outside shot as a kid that uh Rutgers would above the land, in my opinion.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, it seems like a decent... I'm just watching tape now. A decent three-point shot. Um, attacks the rim and not afraid of the contact. Uh, attacks the rim, actually, quite a bit. Seems like he attacks the rim, like... It says 24% of his field goal attempts are at the rim, which is which is interesting. Um, and he, he's not just hitting from three. He's hitting from pretty fucking deep on these things. Like, yeah. He's, like, did he 12 threes more than 25 feet, it says. And it says... Uh, Wow. That's actually impressive. He's he's a pretty good kid. And if you can get a shooter like that to pair up with Noah Fernandes who can kind of hit mid range, can kind of do it all and just dribble off ball and create his own shot. Like that's, that's a pretty damn good combo between those two and then add in, um, add in Mag, add in Griffiths, just spotting up. I'm telling you, just spot spot Griffiths up in the corner. If he's that good of a shooter, just don't do anything with him for first year. But, uh, yeah, no, I like this kid a lot. I mean, she could pull him in hell your tournament team
0: yeah no it'll be a a good hypothetical pickup obviously this is just speculation just uh you know we try and draw connections where we can when we see portal things and that sometimes Mm -hmm. you know that that bears great fruit like jd dorenzo we were the first on just from connecting dots obviously sean bowman we've connected a lot of dots these portal guys sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it does but this seems like it's a a great fit assuming that uh he's interested in coming here so
1: Yeah, be a little crazy not to reach out to be honest yep so
0: so that's all I got is anything else that you wanted to bring up before we head head out today
1: um yeah I got one one thing I wanted to talk about so I was reading this article this morning yesterday the other day whatever it was so apparently this beer company is starting an NIL fund for University of Cincinnati
0: oh yeah what (laughs) that's pretty cool I yeah, they made a, basically a beer that um, is like specifically catered towards NIL. So anytime you order that beer at any uh, local bars, uh, portion of the proceeds would go to the uh, Cincinnati NIL Fund.
1: Yeah, so two dollars for every case sold of Cincy Light, and one dollar for each individual twelve pack will go towards NIL. Hear That's me out. Cool. They need to. I know. I know this brewing company. I forget what it was, but they had a Rutgers beer. Yeah, the and Scarlet Ale. Yeah. I think it's I Asbury Park Brewing. Was it? Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, here it, they, they that's gotta, that's um...
0: a really good beer too. And I'm a bit of a bit of a beer snob. I not <clears throat> I'm not willing to give out uh good rate. A good <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not willing to give out like a good rating on a beer unless I actually mean it. The Scarlet Ale was really good uh from As- Asbury Park Brewing.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, it it makes a lot of sense to just – if you're Asbury Park, Rutgers, kind of partner up, hey, just every yep. dollar, and I can guarantee you – and you already kind of do partner up, actually, because they do that yep. beer fest every year um, in front of the stadium. So it just makes it makes a ton of sense. Just hear me out.
0: It does, and it wouldn't be surprising to me if something like that was going on behind the scenes. Obviously, we're speculating here, but it would make it some sense.
1: Yeah, I mean Rutgers Brewfest. Um, you can also probably promote it in all the bars. I'm sure. Uh, yep. Tavern on George and uh, Red's Beer Garden. All those, all those good street, all those good places are definitely going to be on board. I would assume.
0: I would assume anything that's going to drive up revenue. I'm sure they're all about. Um,
1: yeah. So I do. Yep. Yeah. Just, just throwing it out there.
0: Yeah, that was a cool perk. I agree. Um, maybe, maybe they have something in the works already. Who knows? But if they don't, mm. and you listen, and you're running a brewery in New Jersey. This is your opportunity. Uh, reach out to one of the NIL collectives. Uh, nice they're out in nice society. I'm sure that they would love to, to be in contact and be, uh, be a partner.
1: And then reach uh, out to us because we will promote it.
0: I will definitely. I will we'll try the beer. Few, <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely crack a few cold ones on a podcast. I know people have talked about us want, or them wanting to, for us to do some kind of like wet cast mm-hmm. or just like crushing God. beers or drinking the whiskey <laughs> Um that'll go off the rails. Maybe we'll do that for the drawing. We'll do like a night podcast, like a live show, and just uh get a little tuned up, It's not, not,
1: not a bad move. I, I will say last year I did join a podcast. It was uh the Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. Okay. And those guys, I'll tell you, they know how to drink. <laughs> and they're pounding down tall boys as I'm talking Rutgers football. It was it was something, Then shout out to them because they were awesome. But uh I'm I'm definitely not doing Scarlet Knights and Tall Boys. I'm I'm good on that.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe it's a, a once in a once in a year type thing, but definitely yeah. not regularly. Um, yeah,
1: not kidding. But that's all I got. I'm done.
0: All right, guys. Well, thanks once again for listening, guys and girls. Uh, this has been another episode of the Night Report podcast. Signing off.